This episode of the Skin Conscious Podcast is brought to you in association with Relife. My skin says how I feel. Visit relife.ie for more. Hello and welcome to our podcast series, Skin Conscious in association with Relife, the podcast where we get under your skin in a positive way. I'm Celine Daly, Relife's Dermatology Nurse Specialist Advisor, and I'm delighted to host the Skin Conscious Podcast today. As you know, our podcast series focuses on skincare topics, your skincare experience and stories, expert opinions talking about the science behind skincare, and common skin complaints that are affecting you all year round. We will also be welcoming a whole host of interviewees joining us to chat all things skincare, and today we are looking at pregnancy and how it affects your skin on your face and body, why it happens, and what you can do to help protect your skin. So here to chat to us about pregnancy and the changes in her own skin is accomplished broadcast journalist Rebecca Horan, who is also a mum of one and is currently in her second trimester. Congratulations, Rebecca, and welcome to Skin Conscious. Oh, thank you so much. It's so lovely to join, especially such an important topic that's close to my heart. So thank you. Brilliant. So firstly, Rebecca, how is this pregnancy going and when are you due? This pregnancy is going okay. It's a very different pregnancy to my first because in between my first and this, we've had a number of losses and kind of, you know, tough times. So this pregnancy I felt wasn't as enjoyable until we got past 20 weeks. It was a tricky enough um, period of time. But at this stage, um, I'm 25 weeks and things are going very well. So, yeah, no, it's all good. Wonderful. How old is your first baby? She is three. Oh, she is fantastic, three. fantastic. Yes, and she's a live wire. Oh. <laughs> it's great, though. It's, it's, it's lovely to have a baby at home. It kind of takes your mind off that slow, you know, we counting. And yes. I know what that feels like. As my, my babies are very old now. They're 13 and 14, so they're not babies anymore. But I can remember that whole pregnancy loss. I can remember that waiting for the scans, waiting for the 12 weeks, waiting for the 20. So it's very, very difficult. And um, this is wonderful. So I'm sure you've But I, I would I would agree with you if you have a child it does distract because my first pregnancy I remember it was so long and I remember every single week would pass and I was like oh my goodness you know 14 15 so you're right there's a little bit of a distraction there work keeps me focused and I think that's good for the head I think you know, pregnancy can be all-consuming and it's, it's important not to let it be all-consuming. Absolutely. Um, I remember speaking with my mother. She just couldn't believe we could find out we were pregnant at like three or four weeks. She just couldn't <laughs> get over this because typically you, you found that you're pregnant maybe you were 20 or tw- 20 weeks know, sometimes. I know. Or maybe not at all. And she just couldn't. I think it would be wonderful as mothers if we get back to that kind of easy way of going because it can feel so forced and, you know, counting and measured and that can really take away from the enjoyment of it as well and should be an enjoyable experience agree. too and how has COVID been for you obviously with lockdown and everything has that been tough um, being pregnant during COVID times I've tried not to engage in the paranoia of it in, and sorry in the sense that of course I'm protecting myself and my baby but I, I, I go about my business as best I can I stay as safe as I can but my biggest issue with COVID is the isolation factor so the fact that I think when you're pregnant you really want to engage in like exercise classes with other women you know, go to your yoga, meet people for coffee, have the chat, buy a few baby bits, the kind of simple things that you can do because there's not a lot you can do when you're pregnant. So I think the fact that's taken from women uh, is, is obviously lonely and isolating. I find that tricky. And then the second part is just the anxiety about heading into a labor ward uh, without, without my partner. So there's, there's definitely been those issues. The actual fear of getting COVID, no, I haven't, be, I haven't become 
too uh, paranoid about that because really we can't live like that. Like we have to just, you know, we can't become obsessed about it. Completely agree. And it just doesn't do you or your baby any good or your baby at home. You know, it's amazing how we can kind of pass on fears to our children as well and that they do pick up on things so easily. So, And she is very unaware of, of COVID, thank God. Just, oh, thank God germs and disease business in our house we just don't talk about absolutely so, yeah. I made a big mistake I actually used to have CNN on a lot um, at the beginning <laughs> and a big mistake and um, I, I what well, Johnny was 12 at the time and uh, he was in tears one day because um, you know there was reports of nurses being affected by COVID and all the rest of it and I'm a nurse and it was a bit of a foolish thing to do and again I still forget that they're listening they're watching they're watching but they're and they're listening. too I mean it's also important to be aware of things and that life isn't always you know perfect I think at that age it's really a upsetting but it's also important I think at three she just has the notion about anything which yeah. is great it's oh, brilliant oh my god I long for those days <laughs> will the teenage years come Rebecca <laughs> it's oh, a it's whole other exhausting. podcast I think, it's, I think it's all exhausting though Jesus. I talk to my friends with teenagers they're exhausted and stressed I feel like I don't know what I'm doing yeah, yeah I think you're it's all mad <laughs> yeah. yeah so how has your skin been during this pregnancy and are you experiencing any conditions um, with your um, with your face or your body I thought I was the most gorgeous thing ever with my first pregnancy. Now, bear in mind, I was four years younger, uh, in great shape, and I thought my skin, I thought, jeepers, I want to be pregnant every day. It was glowing. It was definitely uh, in very good nick. I would be someone who's a bit acne-prone, so I would um, have very kind of combination skin around my jawline, all hormonal. I get dry skin on my T-bar or my T-zone, and I had fabulous skin. I remember telling everyone and showing everyone. I do think the kind of um, the mask, situation at the moment doesn't help me I think I'm on progesterone for this pregnancy to retain it and I think that probably hasn't helped my the imbalance um, but I have not found my skin good I also don't know whether it's being homebound so much and, and working on screens from home there's a number of factors I think could be my age too but I haven't found my skin good so I don't have the beautiful glow I've had uh, a lot of issues with um, congestion around my jaw again and then very dry conditions um, on that T-zone area I was talking about, very dry hands, elbows. Um, so a real mix. And then that pigmentation that sometimes comes back when you're pregnant is there. So two very different pregnancies. And this one, not so great. <laughs> yes. And you know, that the key word there is progesterone. And unfortunately, some of us, while we're pregnant, do have to have that extra little progesterone to keep things ticking along. Um, you'll often see this as well in women who have the coil. Um, so when the coil is fitted, it has a, a, almost a sniff of progesterone, a tiny, tiny amount of progesterone within it. But it can give extremely bad acne, especially oh, around the wow. chin area. So around the chin jaw area, the acne can occur where there is progesterone. Um, I didn't now, know that. Yeah, and, and often women will come in with real cystic acne that never had it before or maybe had mild acne and it will always be around the chin area. Now there's some evidence to say that when we retain fluid or water, it tends to be around that chin area on our okay. face. And that's okay. what, what adds to it. So really, I suppose at the beginning, what is acne? Well, acne occurs where there's hormone. Um, so when we start making our own hormones, we start making more of something called sebum. Sebum is the grease that's naturally available in our skin and it keeps our skin you know ticking over nicely it keeps our skin hydrated and moisturized and it's wonderful when we get too much sebum though it becomes a problem so can you imagine on our skin we have little cups called pilocebus units they're tiny little cups um, usually where there's a hair follicle and when we have sebum sebum is kind of half filled in those cups so those cups are half filled with this thing called sebum when we have too much progesterone for example the sebum action kind of 
ramps up big time and they become filled, overfilled with the sebum. And then they become blocked. They they build up bacteria within it and you get the pustules. You can squeeze the papules that are red oh, and hard. Very yeah. It's oh wonderful. And it's normal. So it's actually normal to have acne. It's normal when you're when you have hormones that you have acne. So teenagers get acne an awful lot. Actually ninety five percent of teenagers experience acne. It's the most common skin condition in the world. It's the most Google skin condition. It's the most talked about skin condition on Twitter, would you believe? So you know acne is a huge problem unfortunately in pregnancy there's not a lot we can do you must no. keep taking the progesterone <laughs> which is the bad news again I've, i'm full of bad news today um you can't take um you can't take the usual medications we give for acne so for example we would give an oral antibiotic with a topical um retinoid for acne which works wonderfully well but you can't have any of that in pregnancy and i would have used that because in my 20s as opposed to my teens i would have gotten a slight acne again in the same areas and I would have used that topical so you're correct I, I, I can't go near that stuff currently So Absolutely. Now there are things that you can do however um, using very stringent washes or scrubs and exfoliators is a big no-no as well. So those um, exfoliators that can rub between your fingers and they're all sandy and gritty and they make your skin feel wonderful, that's not a good idea because they can actually make the acne worse or they can bring on oh eggs God. for example, so you don't want to do that either so a very gentle wash, so I like to use like a normal like um, washcloth and with tepid water not very hot water um, to wash your skin with twice a day Um, you can go into your pharmacy and ask for benzoyl peroxide which is something you can rub onto your skin as well and it can be slightly drying but it can help control the acne but until you get to your delivery date where the progesterone will drop that's when you're going to see the improvement in the acne unfortunately Um, so it's just something to kind of you know stagger along with but you will find when you deliver that the skin will go back to normal particularly when the progesterone is, is Okay, because I, I know I'm, I'm trying to kind of stay away from heavy makeup. Yes, Obviously great with masks, idea. That doesn't help. Absolutely. I am washing frequently, like as in not all the time, but obviously the morning and evenings and doing a good double cleanse. Um, yeah, I, I like I am I'm aware of it because it's something that, uh, you know, vanity wise, when you're pregnant, you really feel out of control of so many things to do with your body. I really don't want my face to kind of become... Uh, scarred afterwards but yeah it's tricky isn't it it is tricky and the mask as you said this mask this new word that has come into our vocabulary in the last year and a half um, is just horrendous and I know a lot of people are really suffering with it and again with the masks what I advise people to do is don't wear the reusable mask sorry now the environmental people listening but you know if you're wearing reusable masks you know the, the bacteria the makeup can build up on it dirty they're yeah. dirty yeah. they're really dirty and um, especially if you wear makeup I mean oh god when I take my mask off sometimes it's absolutely horrific oh, and you know actually yeah. I my acne cleared up because I'm now 42 and my acne cleared up five or six years ago my acne came back with a vengeance when the mask wearing started so what I find is I just wear a mask for two hours and I change it so I wear yeah. a mask and I change them at work I'm talking and the, the sweat and the hydration is building up within the mask area if you're like me and you just talk all day long and um, you'll find it gets wet and damp that doesn't help the, the acne you also get um, more acne with the mask wearing because the pressure of the mask so it's not just damp and it's warm it's also also pressurized you'll often see this type of acne in horse riders for example when they're wearing helmets or hurlers and um, yeah. that's where you we used to see it before and now we're seeing it with people who wear masks all the time and um, so uh, yes it's certainly masks really add to the acne issue particularly and that area where you're breathing where you're breathing and it's so damp and oh, it's, yeah, it's warm yeah. and then the pressure is actually driving the bacteria back down to the skin and creating these really kind of 
painful papules sometimes they're quite sore and so yeah it's certainly if you can take the mask off inside what I do at work sometimes as well is because we don't have our break areas like we used to have in the hospital I'll actually go down to the car park and sit in the car for five minutes just take the mask off just to get some air and be safe as you said before and but just to get that break from the mask not wearing foundation at all is is a good idea not wearing it's actually very tough for people in your your industry who are I forget that have to wear it you know I have a number of friends who are frontline workers or you know in hospitals or or pharmacists and they're wearing it all day and like I complain because I'd have to do it for my shopping or have to do it for and it it is a hard thing to get used to no matter how long we've been at this whole uh, lockdown situation I I agree I I don't know I remember being in Japan and seeing everyone do it all the time everywhere and thinking gosh it's, it's hard on the face we're, we'll be gorgeous from the eyes up but we'll be rotten from the yeah no absolutely and uh, you know the amazing thing is that the amount of you know i um you know people wearing more false lashes people getting their eyebrows done has increased because people want to as you said you want to express yourself you want one <laughs> thing to work properly <laughs> one thing just one thing but just I have to look to, nice just to look nice but the pressure among say the frontline workers say girls i would know and guys who are working in icu who are working with the real heavy ppe it's horrific so you get the kind of lines on your face then um you know the kind of bruising around the nose area as well from the pressurized goggles um but certainly wearing the mask i'm hoping that we don't get like um asia and start wearing masks i'm praying to that people That's don't something start I'm thinking of is this you know everyone keeps saying this is the future and i'm like we also not, need to maintain no. the importance of oh yes eye contact is great but our mouths when we're talking that communication the smiles the greetings Absolutely. like that is what we're used to yes. and I find it a, a, a bit of a strain yeah. but look I know right now this is all temporary um, but yeah it's, it's, it's tricky even going in for a scan today just wearing it with my consultant the whole time you find you struggle to communicate oh you exactly do you and you say. know yeah. when you're pregnant you want face to face consultations you want to talk to your healthcare provider now we did provide online consultations in dermatology for example it did work like we thought that this was the new thing it does work for a small percentage of people but for my clientele coming in they want a face-to-face they want someone to I talk know. to we're they all want, missing that we're all missing it and you know i didn't realize how deaf i was until i started wearing the mask and i really i read people's lips i didn't realize how much i do that until the mask started and if you're you know trying to have a difficult conversation with somebody in healthcare it's very hard to do that while wearing no, the mask. so I'm, I'm really hoping that it, it's not something that hit, that's here to stay and it's definitely i you know, I work on the same floor actually as maternity unit in Sligo and I see the mums coming out themselves with their babies and I feel so sorry for them. I feel it's it's, it's such an abnormal state of being some We'll we'll that. never we'll never forget this this time, I think, for for, for families, new mums, those who were lost jobs, those who were like it's been an extremely challenging time and I, I think we felt as a country oh gosh, we got out of that recession, great, you know, here we are. And there's always something that challenges us. But Absolutely. Look, you know, if, if it means a bit of acne for a while. We'll <laughs> <laughs> and you know, the, the, just what you said about the, the pigmentation as well, melasma is something that happens to an awful lot of women who are pregnant. And again, it's those pesky hormones that are changing and it can make you more sensitive to the light. Um, so from the first... But doesn't go, that's something I, I, I don't remember losing that pigmentation after the last pregnancy. So I didn't mind it because it can be a little bit like you've got nice space um 
kind of mold like you can look like you've a bit of color but it's not fab so i wonder does it go or eight uh, sometimes so if you are very good at wearing factor 50 you know i would recommend wearing the factor 50 from the first of march to the end of september every single year if you're pregnant definitely wear a factor 50 because you're just more sensitive and unfortunately like our bodies don't do what we tell them to do so if we could have like a megan markle like little like a freckle look that would be wonderful Mm, but it never works like that you you put a map of ireland on the side of your cheek like i would (laughs) um it uh, yeah it never works out well um so definitely absolutely for if you're pregnant wear a factor 50 every day when we're wearing masks we can kind of think oh my face is covered anyway it's actually not that well covered and again your mask adjusts so that top of your forehead top of the nose and the top of the cheeks are exposed and the ears so anywhere the skin showing put on a factor 50 you know even days like this are, are beautiful days it might be cold but there's still a high uv index there and you know if we are showing signs of pigment changes that means that we are absorbing uv rays now remembering that skin cancer is a big issue in ireland and 90 percent of skin cancers are related to overexposed uv light and 90 percent of aging is related to uv light as well so there's a lot of good reasons to wear a factor 50 not just that melasma or the pigmentation with pregnancy actually just protecting your skin for the future as well is but a really good Selena, idea is this why we can or we we feel like we can easier or kind of even burn easier when we're pregnant because i do remember going away from my first pregnancy and taking color so quickly and being a bit aware of that and even now if i sit out i feel like i've gotten a lot of color in a very short so we're obviously suddenly more sensitive to all absolutely. of this absolutely yes okay. it's the hormone it's that balance of hormone that changes ah, okay. immediately once you're pregnant and until you deliver so you are vulnerable to uh, tanning more and in dermatology terms that's kind of we don't like that because again <laughs> a bit nerdy and so the dermatology people are very we're seeing the shade and we're all kind of nerdy um, but we don't like it because it causes issues long term with skin cancer but also with skin aging so again, 90% of skin aging is down to overexposure to UV light. It, it causes wrinkling, it causes pigmentation issues. And sometimes your skin colour can change even a few years after being exposed to UV light. Um, so it's a good idea to future-proof and to protect your skin with a factor 50 that won't block your pores. So again, going into your local pharmacy, finding something that's going to work for your skin for the next few months, where it's going to protect your skin, but it's, it's not going to cause acne. It won't cause a So it won't look like Magda, was it in the something about Mary who oh, was the lady yes. The, oh yeah, yes so yes oh, that's a great like comparison <laughs> that's a brilliant comparison I mean, with not sh- what we're heading for <laughs> <laughs> no, we want more Cameron Diaz. No, definitely. Um, but it's 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 if I was to advise anybody on their skin to buy one product from their very young, and I'm constantly onto my kids about it. And if your kids see you using Factor Fifty regularly from March September, they'll start using it too, and they'll start seeing it as something that you we all should be doing. So you brush your teeth in the morning, the first of March, you start putting on your Factor Fifty, and that's every single day. No, it is habitual. Like I remember Mum doing it, and because of those kind of habits. And you see, my mum had very good skin, so I think I never realised the acne challenges, but she was always going on and on about Factor 50 and how when they were young, they didn't know enough about all of this, you know, the skin damage issues, so we're all learning, yeah. Yeah, no, it's fantastic. And honestly, as, uh, you know, the kids really pick up on what we do as well, and that kind of, you know, the, the great thing is, though, we do think the Factor 50 is going to be gloopy and white and sticky and horrible and messy and there are some fantastic formulations in the market now and some of them are tinted so they can even cover up a little bit of acne while not blocking pores and causing acne but protecting your skin from the sun as well so we've moved on from that kind of 
Casper the ghost look, you know, that kind of thick, oh, horrible God, stuff the years horrendous. ago. Yeah. Horrendous. And, you know, water, very waterproof and it was kind of like hot on your skin to kind of very nice formulations now that are very acceptable as well, under masks. It's true, my foundations have, I think they have, you know, factor 30, probably not 50, but there are a lot of foundations, I think, like you said, that would have it, which is good. It's brilliant. Um, yeah, you it's know, fantastic. that you're spending that money wisely. Exactly. And you're doubling up on the duty. The, what we always mm. say is try and double, double. So, you know, while you okay. have a 30 in your foundation, it's probably just a 15 by the time it gets in your face to be honest with you okay, um, okay. and then you putting on your 50 so even if I just put a 50 on it's probably only about a 30 by the time I get it onto my face right, I won't okay. put it properly. so <laughs> double double we said double duty like get your foundation if your moisturizer has it in a 15 brilliant then your foundation and then your 50 on top of that again and that really okay, protects brilliant. your skin really really protects your skin so oh, do you find do you find the skin on your body is dry at the moment or has changed <sighs> no um no, not so much. My hands, and I definitely think it's just down to this kind of over sanitization. You know, we're we're cleaning our hands. We're putting on this, you know, um, using antiseptic wipes. We're constantly worrying about that at the moment. So I think that's why my hands are particularly dry. I had a little bit, um, kind of elbows, ankles, that kind of. But I think that can be standard too with, you know, this hormone change. But no, I haven't found my body has been affected by any acne, any dryness, any like my body's good. I'm lathering up on my on my oils to prevent any kind of issues with, like, you know, stretch marks and any, like, I'm really giving this soft where it comes to protecting my body and throwing balms on to soften my skin so that coming out of this, you know, I slightly feel uh, like myself. But no, it really has just been my face and that's always been my, the case for me, that's kind of historic, like it's always been my face that would be, would struggle the most. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And I think everyone's hands at the moment are just in flitters really. Um, Yeah. A really great tip is to go into your local pharmacy and pick up a pair of cotton gloves. They'll be in behind the counter or on display and at night time if you just pop like a really nice nourishing moisturiser on your hands, like Real Real Life have a great one that's very hydrating and if you pop it onto your hands pop the gloves on just before you hop into bed at night time and go to sleep you'll find that your sleep will actually give you the chance for those hands to repair overnight pop the gloves off you can wash them and it, re- it really helps with the we call them COVID hands actually because mm. of the alcohol gel that you're using when you're going in store and then you know as you say if you're going to the supermarket popping out and some of the alcohol gel in store is just not nice it's very nasty no they're horrible they're yeah. horrible and they're kind of stinky and smelly and you just wonder what's in them really and um, but they can really break down your hands even if you don't have dry hands and if you're preparing for a baby the last thing you want is to have dry cracked hands because again the work starts with you know sanitizing everything keeping things clean and the washing that comes along with it um and you know having your hands nicely nourished is a really good idea just to stay i do remember doing that trick but in the opposite like i remember for feet kind of masks when you were going on a holiday and you had a pedicure yes. and you really wanted to have those gorgeous yes. you know silky smooth feet for all your flip-flops and your sandals I do remember doing that trick where you would put uh, you know a big balm on um, I love the fact that Real Life have one but it just any kind of cream and then something over your feet at night that would do wonders so no I've never done it with my hands so that's I, I look very really great one. I look yeah. very attractive but my hands would be good yeah <laughs> <laughs> my hands would be perfect my big, yeah <laughs> My, my winter gloves heading up skating in the bed. I don't know, it'll be grand. I'll do it. I'll do it. <laughs> so take when, your advice. when are you due again, Rebecca? I'm due, I think, early August. Our due date oh, is, um, is debated weekly because she chops and changes this little baba. But um, yeah, no, I'll, I'll probably be heading off at the end of July when that leaves. But yeah, it's different to have a summer baby. I had a winter baby last time and we had that awful snow for 
a good two months of that. So I remember finding that a bit tricky. So it'll be nice to kind of have a, a summer autumn baby. Yeah. Oh, I think it's wonderful. And uh, you know, uh, well, Sean was born in March, but the great thing was it was at bright mornings for the feed in, feeds. Oh, like, it's, you know, oh, oh no, it's, March is bliss because you're oh, heading into your summer. Yeah, yeah it's no, just no, no, that's good. made such a difference if that first six or eight weeks, you know, when you're just, yeah. everything's blurring into one thing. Yeah. Yeah, it's fantastic. Well, it was so great to talk to you, Rebecca. I really oh, enjoyed so it. so nice to talk to you. So did I. And I've learned a lot of things that I always thought, because I've seen so many dermatologists, you know, in my 20s when I was struggling. And yet I've actually gotten some some kind of further information now that perhaps you kind of forget to go back to these things in your thirties. So thank you. You're so you're so brilliant and informed. Thank you so much. Oh, not at all. And I, I really think that you just brought up a really brilliant point. If you do have an issue with, with your skin, please go to your GP because you know certainly with acne, we can do something about acne. Um, again, in pregnancy we can't do a lot, but you know, um, say post delivery, um, do go to your GP if the acne isn't clearing up because a dermatologist is your best friend with acne, really. Oh no, listen, listen. If this if this is something that I'm heading into. It won't be it won't be fun because you kind of want to get out of that period. So absolutely. no, I absolutely will. So mm. I'll, I'll keep an eye and I will I'll take your tips on board as well. Thank you, Celine. Brilliant, Rebecca. Thank you so much. Thank you. And as always, talk to your GP or pharmacist if you need advice on any skincare recommendations. Thanks again, Rebecca. And if you want to follow Rebecca's pregnancy journey, she's a weekly column on rollercoaster.ie. So do go and check it out. Remember, you can catch all Skin Conscious podcasts on skinconscious.ie and iTunes and Spotify. So make sure to listen in. This episode of the Skin Conscious podcast was brought to you in association with Real Life. My skin says how I feel. Visit reallife.ie for more.